And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation that I'm hoping helps your business grow. Now, Many of you listening have listened to a lot of episodes of Startup Hustle. Some of you may be that that first-time listener, and if you are, welcome to the hustle. Now, I consider every one of you to be part of our global audience and our global community, which is what we're going to talk about today. Now, before I get too far into this, I need to let you know that today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Now, I mentioned that online communities, audiences, all of it, the tribe, the people that you want to talk to, you want to be around, you want to be involved with is what we're talking about today. So in normal fashion, I have brought a subject matter expert in on the topic. With me today, I have Sunil Baskuran, who is with Global Business Mastermind, scroll down to the show notes and click the link so you can go to exponentialaudience.com. So with us today, straight out of the Bay in San Francisco, Sunil, <laughs> welcome to Startup Hustle. Hey, Matt. It's really great to be here, and I appreciate your welcome and introduction. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and you know, I, I love this topic because, you know, there's there's uh, the I mentioned the word tribe and we've spent yeah. or I've spent time in the past talking about tribe building. And it's it's a very powerful thing. Um, uh, there's been books written about it. A lot of people are trying to do it. And, you know, there's a whole a whole science behind community building and all of that. But before we get into that, why don't you let everyone know a little bit more about your background? and how you came to uh, become an exponential audience builder? Well, I uh, started out in, in tech and uh, engineering, uh, you know, double degree in electrical engineering, computer science, um, and started working in an engineering uh, capacity uh, way back in 1989, uh, and uh, then got interested in building my own business in around 1990. Uh, met a mentor who taught me the ropes of how to build a business, how to do marketing. At that time, there wasn't much internet marketing. Uh, and I was doing a lot of door knocking in good old Irvine, California. Um, and, uh, and then through the years, I, you know, we built up uh, a following, uh, meaning me and a couple of my business partners in terms of uh, mentoring services for small businesses. Uh, and it just kept growing. Uh, and uh, uh, to make a long story short, I, I started working on a platform that some of you may have heard of called meetup.com uh, in the mid 2000s. Started building a community there in the Bay Area. And uh, uh, it was tricky, you know, because our first few events, uh, we had 
Uh, actually, probably nobody show up <laughs> most of the time. Uh, but it started building and we started noticing a trend. And the trend was that people would give up building their communities a little prematurely. Other people would, who we were, and we were trying to target their audiences, which were mostly small business owners, solopreneurs, et cetera. And uh, they started coming over to us. So one of the lessons we quickly learned was just never give up, especially when the market's on your side and you're paying attention to the uh, metrics and uh, paying attention to the market and the needs more than anything else. And so we started growing um, and, uh, uh, you know, I mean, today really just quickly coming back to the present, we have about 120,000 uh, solopreneurs, business professionals and uh, entrepreneurs, uh, mostly in the United States, United Kingdom, Canada, uh, and we just opened up in Southeast Asia. Uh, so we're starting to build huge networking events across the country to combine. So we give people an opportunity in different cities to meet each other. And very soon people in Singapore, Manila, and other Southeast Asian cities an opportunity to meet people here in the uh, United States as well. Uh, so, uh, but going back to that point in the mid 2000s, uh, we just started accumulating a lot of data and know-how on how to leverage the technology first. But then there's a lot of social intelligence, moral intelligence, and emotional intelligence. It's the, a lot of people don't like using that word intelligence, but with those terms, but uh, it kind of makes sense when you combine all of that with the strategic intelligence and marketing to build an audience. And so we've mastered a lot of know-how. I think it's a very unique uh, and innovative approach um, and uh, been featured recently with the CEOs of Meetup and Alignable, which is another interesting platform I can talk about too, in terms of local marketing or serve your community. Uh, but when you combine these platforms with the power of Google and um, uh, with the power of LinkedIn too, when you combine all of them, you get the best of all these all the features on both all these platforms, uh, you start cooking with nuclear power instead of natural gas. Um, so I hope that gives a broad overstroke of. Yeah, sure, uh, sure. Yeah. So, you know, obviously, audience and community building for businesses is important, and you know, I've mentioned that already. And and now yeah. there's <clears throat> prior to COVID nineteen there was an unlimited amount of networking opportunities out there. Um, I mean, there really were, I I've actually, uh, on some level made fun of that, uh, cause you know, so many of them, in my opinion, haven't really, haven't been done effectively or they weren't worth chasing. I think that networking is also often misunderstood, uh, as far as how to find value in it. I actually prefer a smaller, more intimate networking event over something that has 150 people at it. So when it comes to global business mastermind, I mean, what does your company provide and what is, what, 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 you know, what is different from what, how do you differentiate yourself? Well, I think we have high quality networking events where the emphasis is on uh, connection rather than spamming or uh, over promoting. It's really on connection and relationship. And when we get people together, uh, we, I think we're, we're getting pretty damn good at it uh, in terms of bringing people together and then having them go into breakout rooms with specific guidelines and rules, <clears throat> more guidelines and rules. Guidelines are 
to build relationship first. You know, it's an overall heuristic, you could say, um, which most people resonate well, at least the right people do. Uh, people like you and who perhaps want to build more intimacy in a business setting and discover more about what people really need so you don't waste your time. Um, you know, the act of just giving a business card can, up, can at times be a waste of time and, and effort and resources. But the act of actually discovering what someone else really needs and which oftentimes they can't even decipher on their own, uh, I think it's more important. So we do networking events of that nature. Uh, and it might sound kind of simplistic, but you know, uh, I think when you have an emphasis like that, it tends to attract other people who think in the same way uh, and from a wide variety of backgrounds. So we have startup people, we have real estate people, financial people, but they tend to be people who, again, want to build more relationship and understand because if you do understand even a disparate connection that may be outside your industry, maybe a really good connection for you, maybe in fact be the best connection you can ever get. Um, some of my best, my best connectors are people outside the realm of who I normally approach. Um, and these are people who can get you in, in connection. I mean, how I met you was through another person who organizes speaking events, mostly for people outside my realm. Uh, so, you just never know where you get your connection, but if you build a good connection, then you get something more useful. But we also do educational events where we try to emphasize the need to build um, an intelligent marketing system. Because if you market correctly, your networking gets easier. Uh, I'm sure many of you have heard people introduce themselves and you scratch your head and wonder how you can even help them or connect with them. Uh, whether they're in the startup world or outside. Um, and some of these introductions uh, leave a head whirling around, you know. Um, and of course, you're trying to be polite, maintain a polite demeanor with them, and try to help them. But it makes it really difficult when you hear this 15th financial planner come to you with pretty much the same introduction. Or the 18th AI startup come to you with a gobbledygook explanation of what they do. Um, and you have no idea how to introduce them, you know, or leverage them. So um, we try to educate uh, and we do our best to make the events intimate um, and relevant. Um, and are, are these events I, all online right now? Sorry, say again? Are, are these events all online right now? Yeah, they're all online right now. Meetups are completely online right now. Is, and and is, that, is, the, is this done through meetup.com? No, it's done uh, with on Zoom, um, and, but uh, Meetup does the promotions for you. Meetup does it. I see. You. I see. Yeah. Okay, so if for those that are listening, what's the best way for them to go and find and get involved with any of your events? Is that through the exponentialaudience.com link, or is that through a different place? You can go through the exponentialaudience.com link to understand how you can get started, but. Um, Gives you a pretty good overall picture uh, with the emails that we get. Uh, but the other way is just go to meetup.com and search for my name. You can probably find my name in the write-up here, my full name. Yep. And uh, you know, you can search anywhere in the world, and you will probably find not a complete list, but a list of my meetup groups. And you can join for free and learn from that. Yeah. 
Okay, so you know, it, it, I you have been quoted as talking about specific superpowers or different things when it comes to uh, entrepreneurs, networking, or community building. Um, I I like that uh, subject. A common question that I'll have for people is, "What is your superpower?" So I'm going to make this a twofold question. I'd like to hear about what you believe. Yeah. our superpowers when it comes to uh, audience and and community building and also what I'd like to know what your superpower as an entrepreneur or community builder is. Yeah, well first of all let me start by saying uh, you know the the term superpower is uh, a special talent or skill that you have. Uh, and um, something that puts you your secret sauce you could say something that puts you head and shoulders above everybody else. Imperative to know when you're building a community yourself and helping other people build their own communities. But having said that, um, my superpower is um, the ability to create an environment for people which is attractive for doing not just business, but also attractive for visionaries who want to expand their vision and build other audiences, attract other collaborators uh, and other joint venture partners in very creative ways. Um, and um, it's what I do. It's what wakes me up in the morning. It's what woke me up this morning. Come on this podcast with you. Uh, and uh, uh, so you know, it, it, I, it's my passion is to bring people together uh, and to deal with the with the exciting ways we can actually co- create collaborations that people never even thought of before. Um, when I grew up in Singapore. Uh, my class report cards almost on a monthly basis said daydreamer, which is a complaint, not a compliment, <laughs> which I felt offended by. But um, uh, daydreamer, but you know, daydreaming helped me uh, make connections between disparate points that people from different industries might come to my networking event. But I'll say, hey, why don't you connect this way? And you have a whole new audience now in some place you may have never found before. So that's, that's my superpower. Uh, we emphasize superpower for a lot of you because if you understand what your superpower is and you can articulate it very well, that makes your networking, A, more compelling because you don't sound like everybody else. B, people can make the connection between why you should be connected to one of their friends or the compatriots in their business who can expose them to, again, a more interesting audience or more interesting opportunities. So, uh, yeah, so that's my superpower. Now, what's your superpower? <laughs> I'm curious. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, most, pe- mo- most people would uh, I get two of them, uh, and these are, uh, I don't disagree with them. The first one is often yeah. uh, referred to as, I'm great at creating hype which uh, I'm a promoter, you know, I'm a promoter, I'm a marketer, I'm a salesperson. And with that uh, comes, I have a lot of energy and, you know, I'm 45 years old um, and I'm still, I I still have the energy, passion and, and drive that I had. Well, I've always had it. It has, it's, if anything, it's, it's powered up. And now I, I'm the first person to tell you that your superpower is also often your kryptonite or yeah. it's your weakness, your strength and your weakness, hold hands and, and walk down main street together. Totally. So those, those particular things can sometimes 
<clears throat> you know, you have to be aware of that. So yeah. as a, as someone who is a, a marketer, a salesperson, a promoter, a, a creator of hype, yeah. um, I, you know, the, the talking some, I, I'm not, I don't have, I don't struggle to speak and talk to people, but it's some, I've had to learn to put a lid on that at uh, certain yeah. times or, or also, well, s- perhaps the way that I deliver it mm. and, you can see that I've just now changed my tone, right? Because if I'm talking and I'm going really fast, and blah, 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 so, you know, some person, some people hear that if they're sure. a different personality type, and I sound like an auctioneer or something <laughs> like that. So uh, right. I've I've learned I've learned to well I say learned I continually am attempting to control some of that. Now, um, you know, one of the things that comes with that, I've also spent a lot of time, and I think this is a relevant community building and networking tip here. I spent a lot of time trying to shape the, the message of whatever it is that I say and, and trying to keep things short and concise. And I want to encourage everyone out there to work on your own, I, I was having this conversation with a, a couple entrepreneurs that I had over for a visit to my house on Saturday afternoon and right. was talking to them. They said, well, Matt, you're really good at <clears throat> at shaping your language and your statements and your messaging when you want to. And I said, well, I spend a lot of time doing it. I, so thank you. Right. And I referred to these things as it's like a deck of cards. You should have you should adequately be able to explain what you do in a small, medium, and large package delivery. Um, And in some cases, like if you're going to talk to, if you're in a a networking group of 15 people and you're online, no one wants to hear your five-minute dissertation about you as you enter the room. And everyone's like, you know, so... Um, you know, like for example, I'm the CEO of an international tech services company. We have hundreds of employees worldwide. I'm the host of a podcast about entrepreneurship that has listeners in 190 countries and I've written three books. Right. Okay. So that right there is fast and to the point. Now, if someone was interested and they want to hear more about it, you can take it to a different level. Um, but I, I, I really encourage people that I work with and around to have these different cards that yeah. they can pull and, you know, know it, not trying to figure it out. So, sure. and, you know, like I said, in that case, if you're playing round robin and everyone's introducing themselves, you need to be able to do it quickly. So, mm-hmm. yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Now, in, in regards to and hopefully that was a sufficient answer. Um, so, you know, if when you build communities, you know, how do you do that? and continue to make, how do you make a, how do you help a community grow? Like what are the, what are the pillars and key ingredients? Cause you can build a small community, you know, I don't know, a couple dozen people, but you see some groups and some things have grown really big. Right. What are the, what are the components and what, what really makes that happen? That's a damn good question. You know, it, it all, when, when someone comes to me, the first thing I look at is uh, what is the intriguing future that they're leading their audience to? Um, who, what are they leading them to? Uh, and um, because if they have a really good offer at the back end, because getting an audience relatively straightforward, for at least for me, with most of the people who come to me, but having an audience be engaged and enough to make a commitment is another ball game. 
And it doesn't have to be the entire audience. I mean, I have 120, 150,000 people, whatever it is, but no, I don't know everybody, obviously, you know, uh, and not everybody comes to every single event, but enough people come. And even if I get 5%, 10% of the people come to each event to commit, it's sufficient to create a business, uh, more than sufficient to create a business, I would assert, especially if you have a really good compelling offer. By a compelling offer, I can pull a couple of complaint, couple of main factors in it. One is it, like I said, does it lead people to a compelling future? What are they going to get at the end of the event or the end of that service or product usage that you're providing? Secondly, um, does it align with their values? Now, this is tricky because you know you you gotta you gotta get in their world in a sense, and their world is complicated and unclarified. But there is a certain resonance that occurs, and if you are savvy or or sensitive enough to that feeling or sense in, in brain science, they call it theory of mind, where you're able to get into the mind or the world of someone else. But you can also get in the world of the audience who's listening to you as you're getting the mind of someone else you're interacting with. And that can be built, that, that's innate in us. If you build that and you understand what this person's moral, for lack of a better term, moral makeup is, then you can have a morally intelligent offer. Uh, and, and in your presentation, if that presentation reflects that and it's interactive, then now again, you're, you're cooking with nuclear power. Uh, there are a couple other factors too, but um, you know, then of course, you know, there's emotional intelligence. Uh, if you're emotionally intelligent and you build the ability to tie in how people are gonna be emotionally positively anchored perhaps, or, uh, or, or they have a more positive emotional experience at the end of your event or your presentation. Uh, by the way, this what I've just shared with you is what some of the top people in New York who train me doing the best pitches you can, they work almost entirely in this realm of creating an intriguing future, emotional uh, intelligence in their pitch. And then of course, numbers, results, etc. The what and the who you're working with has to precede your how. And if your marketing is not reflecting that, then it becomes all about how, and you're only selling to people who are interested in how, which may not be very good for you. Um, so if you start with that, then you can work backwards and design how your sales funnel or the process you're going to lead people through not knowing you, through building uh, trust to committing gets a lot easier. So you got to start with those kinds of basics when you're designing your community, because otherwise you're just putting a bunch of people together with, with no cogent strategy. Yeah. So that makes sense. It wasn't too long. So clear, cl clearly having some kind of intent for what you're trying to do now, you know, while that might seem like it's obvious to a lot of people to do up front, yeah. I don't think it is. I think a lot of people create communities accidentally. Um, you know, just meaning like they want to find some like-minded people to talk to, then they want to invite some more people. And the next thing you know, this community has begun to form without a whole lot of intention around it. And, um, yeah. you know, the, the thing, everything that you mentioned there, well, not only did it make me think about branding more so on a personal level in some cases, right. but it also, you know, the, 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 
actual like uh, so i kept thinking that i i always say w-i-i-f-m what's in it for me and that's the that's the channel that most listeners are tuned into um sure. which is kind of funny because it does sound like the call letters from a radio station um <laughs> right i i've actually get i give when i give presentations sometimes i i mention that i say does anyone know the world's most popular radio station Very good. and people raise their hands i'm like no it's w-i-i-f-m and <laughs> everyone's kind of like what's that and it's like well it's what's in it for me because that's the that's the the signal that everyone's dialed into. So when yeah. it comes to your, when you're, why, I mean, when it comes to your own branding, yeah. I mean, why is that important? I know you mentioned some of it and, uh, and you know, you talk also about emotional intelligence. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the two can be tied together in some ways, but you know, why is your branding so important when it comes to your community and then yourself within it? Well, I think for, for many reasons, you know, all that kind of tie up into really being fundamentally human beings. Human beings are, um, you know, fun fundamentally, a lot of what we feel is embodied. A lot of what we think is embodied. And if you pay attention to social cognitive neuroscience, it's quite well established now. And so your, uh, your branding has to be tied very much to your biology uh, and how people listen, how most people listen, save a few psychopaths and sociopaths here and there. Uh, but for the most part, most people listen through their emotions. They listen through exactly what you just said, what's in it for me. Um, and you got to tie into that future intrigue. It can't be so much about you as it has to be about other people, but it has to be about you too. Because if, if you're not aligned with what they're believing in, then it becomes what I call bukaka. It's just a technical term that means bukaka. It's just nonsensical. You know, and people will maybe buy in it for a while, but not for too long. Uh, so your authenticity, whether it's your company or yourself, uh, authenticity is a very much bandied about term. But when you get more in the world of people, I think that's where authenticity really resides. It's in the so social intelligence, the ability to get in another person's world Find out what your market really needs. Are you doing enough testing? Uh, how do you know you're testing right? Um, you know, and one of the things I like about what we do in Meetup, which is LinkedIn and Alignable and every other platform we use, is we do so many events that we get organic qualitative feedback. And this is what I encourage your audience to do, is to get that feedback as often as possible based on your offer, what you have to offer your pitch, your, uh, your events that you do, as many presentations as you can get uh, with people, uh, either an audience that's interested or clientele who's interested and test, test and refine if what you're saying is actually resonating and find out from them why it's resonating, why they decided to hire you or buy your product or your service as opposed to someone else. Uh, that those are million dollar questions, not maybe billion dollar questions, literally to ask. And uh, but it's also a joyful question to ask, because initially it may be short term suffering to find out what this is, because it's not that easy. And a lot of us as entrepreneurs like to believe what we like to believe, rather than find out what your marketing audience really believes. Um, and uh, so, you know, I think it was um, 
Gloria Steinem who said it, the truth will set you free, i.e. what your marketing really wants, uh, but it may piss you off in the short term, I'm paraphrasing, but you know, you want to get through that quick short term pissed off to get to the truth about your market, which will set you free and probably create more joy and more profits for you. So, uh, you know, yeah. We've talked about things that you talk about getting, uh, you're describing empathy and understanding what other people need. Now, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build software teams quickly and affordably. With that, that's the very first questions we ask a potential client at Fullscale is yeah. what problem do you need to solve? What is the thing at your business that's driving you crazy, that's preventing you from being successful sure. or is just not productive. And, you know, we're tech services. So oftentimes it's, it's them telling us that they're having a difficult f time finding the developers that they need, that they've made mistakes doing so in the past. And we continue to ask questions because, you know, the, the wrong approach is to think that we could solve every single business's problems mm. with the exact same approach. Because every yeah. business has a different set of problems. It has a different set of heartache. It has a different history and roadmap. So, you know, without us having a basic understanding over what has occurred in the past, like, for example, we may have a client that would say, well, we've gone through three different development companies uh, and we haven't had success. Now, yeah. the, the, here's the thing is that actually makes me think of a couple different things. Either they aren't very good at interfacing with the companies mm. or they have, in fact, found companies that weren't very good at helping them meet their needs. But, right. you know, and, and the 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 while the the different problems and the different set of needs are often, you know, a couple years later have become somewhat predictable. Right. Uh, they're the combinations of them are not. And yeah. so, you know, for, for one of the things that I, I tell people a lot, and it's a pretty simple way to wrap your arms around this mm -hmm. is you, it, if you have to think of, of a relationship, especially with a newly formed one as a bank account, Yes. And if you have to make some deposits before you have some, any expectation of making a withdrawal. And yeah. one of the things with, with social or emotional intelligence is not immediately coming into any relationship with a me, 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 like, yeah. what, like, what are you doing for me? What are you doing for me? Now yeah. we know that everyone's tuned into the what's in it for me. Yeah. But if you aren't, if you aren't introducing or approaching new relationships or networking, like if I'm in an in-person networking event and I'm actually talking to someone and it's like, well, what's the problem your business is trying to solve? Yeah. And then listen, and maybe there's something that you can help them with. Maybe there's something, maybe you can't, yeah. maybe, you know, someone that can, sure. and that's a form sure. of networking too. So push getting someone in front of someone else that may or may not be able to solve their problem, but is an attempt to do so is what you can consider a deposit. Now, um, you know, so, so here's a, here's a question for you. You know, if sure. people want to start engaging with you or your communities, or even if they want to engage with anyone, like what's a good way to start? Like what's the simplest way to start 
to get someone to engage with you. And I don't necessarily mean you personally. I mean us as, you know, if that's my problem, I'm not getting anybody engaging with me. Like what's yeah. a simple way to start? Well, you know, I would say come to my free events, uh, either networking and or the educational, come for both. Um, most of our clients do both our events in the, uh, you know, because it's, it's really, again, what's in it for you, uh, you meaning the audience out there and for you as well. Because when you come to the networking events, we want you to um, uh, to interact based on what you need uh, and start there. And there are many of you out there who are starting with that, and that's perfectly fine, perfectly, perfectly appropriate. Uh, some of you may be more interested in what's in it for other people that you want to attract. And uh, I would say come to the event that way as well with that, with that uh, filter, you could say. Of wanting to know that some of you may be pivoting in business uh, you may want to come to our educational events because you're changing from career to business or business to business another kind of business some of you may be starting out for the first time and um, you may just want to have a broad 30,000 foot view of how business can work uh, others of you maybe a smaller percentage may be already in business wanting to improve and escalate your business and uh, building a community, right, is certainly a good way to do it. And I think the meetup, LinkedIn, Google, Alignable com combination, it's very useful to do. Um, and um, we can certainly teach you how to do that, some of the basics of doing that. Uh, just a quick aside, I get about 30% of my business coming from Google, finding me on Google, finding people like me on Google. But they don't find my website. They find my meetup groups. Uh, so it should be a pretty interesting thing for all of you who are interested in building business marketing, uh, that it's a more effective way of doing such engine optimization. Um, on another note, if you're in business and you're not getting engagement, then everything that Matt and I have been talking about, speaking to the audience here, Matt, <laughs> not ignoring you, but um, you know, is, uh, is highly relevant. Uh, what, what Matt just said, or what's in it for me, paying attention to how your clients are coming to you with that, with that uh, experience, it's important. So it's quick and concise, getting to the point, understanding how you can create that future intrigue very quickly, what you can provide for people. More important, in fact, than telling, listing out the degrees or um, how you do your service. So I uh, hope that helps. And you can also go to exponentialaudience.com and start getting engaged that way with me. If you want to do a consultation, uh, feel free to do that. Um, and uh, yeah, I think those are the ways that you can engage with me. Now, before you get, get into that, I, once again, for those of you listening, I don't care what stage your business is at. I want to challenge you to try and define it quickly and accurately. Uh, like I mentioned, you know, full scale, we help you build a software development team quickly and affordably. Yeah. That's the banner of the website, people. Like that's right. like if you ask what does full scale do, mm -hmm. I, I that's what I'll tell you. We help you build a software team quickly and affordably. Boom. Like that's all you need to say when you meet someone. It's it, it, you will wear people out. I mentioned earlier you asked about the superpower. Hey, look, I have the ability to sit there and talk to you about it until the cows come home. Yeah. Um, I can, you, you, if you want the, the 43 minute life story, I can, most people don't, you, you will save yourself time, energy, and emotion 
you right. set it up like that. Okay. So, right. and, and for example, if soon meal and I had just met and he asked about that and I said, you know, whatever, and here's the thing, he may own a home cleaning service, me mm-hmm. sitting there telling him about my tech services does, I, that at that point, um, is not, well, a, it's not the most, it's not the most effective use of either one of our time. Uh, in a networking environment. Now, I often talk about my two favorite four-letter words when it comes to sales, which are sold and next. And that's okay. You can, in fact, use either one. So, you know, some of the things that that it, that are going to be helpful, and you talk about that that emotional intelligence, I mean, part of that is having an understanding of when you're wasting someone else's time as well. So sit down. If you're listening right now, say it out loud. What describe your business or your service or your offering in one line? And I got to tell you what, Sumil, it is unbelievable how many people can't do that. They really struggle for it. So, and, and guess what? That's okay in the beginning. So you start it. So write it down. If it's four lines, that's fine. Now trim it down, trim it down, trim it down and, and, you know, get it, get it as short and sweet as you can. Cause here's the thing. Okay. So now if I say that you say, well, you know what? I'm interested in some of that. Tell me more. Now we're, now we're pulling the next card out of the deck. Correct. You know, like I, I know a lot of people that are speakers and God bless their souls for the way their businesses are going right now. Right. Um, yeah. Because yeah. it's not going well because they're not able to speak to groups of people. But most of those speakers, yeah. some of them actually have physical cards like yeah. they I know a guy that has a box. Right. And this he can he can he can have he has an instant rebuttal or comment or commentary and he like ready. And if he doesn't, right. If he doesn't and they, and he gets caught off guard a little bit, he writes it down and adds it in. And you know, that's the thing. It's like truly having the cards and knowing what to understand. Cause you know, Mm -hmm. give someone that graceful intro and it once again, when they're interested, they will reply. Now, uh, once again, another ep- uh, uh, another interesting episode about so many different things. Once with me today is Sunil Baskaran, who is the founder of Global Mastermind. You can go to exponentialaudience.com, scroll down to the show notes and click a link. As he mentioned, a lot of the stuff that they do is via meetup.com and different stuff where his audience has grown to be six figures and continues to grow possibly with you as a future part of that. Now, we do end episodes of Startup Hustle with what we call the founder's freestyle. I would, and and even though it's intended to be a freestyle, I often throw it up near the rim and hope that uh, we, I can get a, a, a specific type of response. So I, I'm going to do that with you. What's, what's, uh, what can you recommend that any founder or early stage or solopreneur do to begin to be involved in any of these uh, you know, global communities or anything else? And it, it might just be a rehash or recap of things that we've talked about, but, but what's the best way uh, to upbrand myself or position myself as an expert in audiences and communities similar to the ones you've built? Well, I think uh, I think it's starting. You know what you said is just very very critical. It's just to get very clear, concisely 
with those stack of cards you just mentioned, you know, it's essentially your narrative. You know, if you uh, start out with a good, intriguing hook or a good, intriguing, it's more than a hook because it has to land on land for people emotionally, uh, strategically, in every other way. You've got to really be clear that what you got to lead with what people really want and make that a one-liner. And then, you know, build your next thing that they're obviously going to ask, well, tell me more, but you know, what does that imply? When someone says, tell me more, what does that imply? And when they tell you, oh, I need help in this, you don't want to jump on that too soon because if you chase people, they're inherently psychologically going to run away. Keep, keep running. Yeah. Keep running, yeah. keep running. Imagine someone came at you like this, you know, your tendency is just, oh, but if you are inviting people in, uh, but allowing them to talk, and the more people talk about their future and how well, how relieved they're going to feel if they work with you or get the solution, don't tell them exactly how you're going to do it. Ask them more until it becomes imperative and obvious that they need your work. So you, you have to develop that art and science, that kind of narrative to build that. Learn that first. Master that in concurrent work with hiring teams and all that. Hiring teams certainly important, very critical to do. Uh, but do that in con concurrently with the team building, everything else that you're doing. But make that a priority in some part of your week to refine that. Uh, that's very important to do. Then go out there and uh, come to my networking events. Start observing how you can build your own community, how you can do your own events in a way that makes sense for your communities as well. Uh, start building a community. If you have an email database, uh, put it into a more cogent, uh, properly run database. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, start uh, scheduling time to reach out and figure out how you can create a narrative for these people who are already in your database. You may have people already in your database who can introduce you to investors or potential uh, co-founders or potential customers for yourself. So start with that. Start with those le little leverage points, uh, but also make sure you work on your narrative how you introduce yourself, how what your offers look like, are they concise, short enough? Um, you know, is your elevator pitch really an elevator pitch in two ways? Is it short? And is it compelling enough? Uh, and do you have the right elevator pitch for the right kind of people coming to you? I would say start with that. Um, and, um, uh, you know, if you want to schedule a time to work with me, uh, you know, feel free to reach out on exponentialaudience.com and uh, get connected that way. And, uh, we can talk more. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm going to parlay off that and kind of reiterate what I said earlier. You know, think of think of the things your pitch, your intro, the way you describe yourself as a deck of cards, and you consistently want to. You got to you. Okay, so I was playing Go Fish with my four-year-old and my six-year-old on Saturday. It was a very heated game. And here's the thing is if you need a dolphin, you need a dolphin. You can't take a starfish and yeah. put down 
put that with three other dolphins and say that you have a four pack and that you have now taken that off the table. Now, right. I mean, really, and, and I just came up with that example. So um, I may have to refine that a little more, but I feel that it's very accurate. And, yeah. you know, that's the whole thing. I'm sitting there asking a six-year-old, my daughter's name is Dylan. Dylan, do you have any dolphins? And she doesn't. So she didn't have any. And she says, no, go fish. Right. So in so many ways in these communities, I'm kind of, I'm sorry, I'm laughing at myself. And yes, people, I really do make the, I really do make this shit up on the fly. So I'm trying my best here, but I feel like this is actually a great example. So if you don't, if you don't have a, if you don't have a dolphin to complete my four pack, then I need to go fish. I either pull the card out and go meet someone else, or I'm moving over to the next person that's holding a hand of cards. And that's the way it goes. So keep in mind though, when you're still in this go fish type card game with people and they're asking you, Oh, as a matter of fact, Sunil, I do have three whales. Yeah. Now, if I have the cards you're looking for, then I am providing you something of value. Right. And, you know, just just know what you have in your hand, know what you cards you have and yeah. have an understanding of what cards you need. So, you yeah. know, I, I think basically in the in the world of networking and interacting and being involved in communities, you can think of it like you're either going to go fish or that person's going to have something of value for you. So and the same right. way goes back and forth. Right. Look, I've had a lot of people ask me, they say, well, you seem like you are, you, you're, you're really good at, at these things. Right. Yeah, I practice, I practice it. Like I, I say it out loud and I, and I repeat it. And if I think it sounds like garbage and you know, who knows, like the more you say it and the more you talk it out, I have never used that go fish example. And I actually think it's very relevant, you yeah, know? Absolutely. So that's something that I'll, that I'll, maybe I'll work on. You know, maybe I'll figure it out. Now with that, Sunil, I don't know if you have two dolphins, but I need them. So do you, do I need to just, do I need to go fish? Um, I'm wait, I'm probably, uh, <laughs> you can tell me to go fish. You can tell me to go fish. Cause that's what I'm going to go do. I'll see you next time. All right. Sounds good. All right. <laughs> Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.